DMs, have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Barbarians, tired of people telling you that you need anger management? Then this is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Okay, Anna, so this morning, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm making coffee. Mm -hmm. I put my cup under my little little ninja coffee maker because I'm... I'm, you know, you're a ninja. I'm an exactly. I'm a ninja. Everything in your house is a ninja I'm something. A, I'm a fruit ninja, <laughs> <laughs> a fruity ninja, and um, uh, so I put my coffee cup under because you could do like single cup. So I sure. put it under. I go to wash some dishes. I turn back a minute later. Half of the coffee has made its way into the cup. The other half did not. <laughs> It somehow I somehow like knocked the cup and it like it has like a little holder so you put the cup on so it's closer to the drip and it like got knocked over <gasps> so and the thing the coffee thing has two spouts where the coffee comes down ah. after it's brewed and so it half of One it was of percolating was- <laughs> into the cup and the other half was sliding down the cup into this little oh no so I didn't get my full fill of caffeine um but that's okay. I, I'm here. You, you couldn't make like a second cup? Oh, <laughs> no. And no. then tilt it the other way so that you still just get half a cup, but then it's the other spout. <laughs> it's the other spout, right. Uh, For the yeah, my whole day has been thrown off. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We have exciting news. We do. We have exciting news. <laughs> Okay, so first we have we officially now have over four hundred followers on Le Twitter. We do, which means it's time to start our poll. Yes. So first we need suggestions. Um, we mm. want we want our public, our listeners, <laughs> to name our little chat that we do at the yeah. end of our cases when when we just disrobe and chit chat and relax and talk about things naked with our friends that could be one of the names but we need suggestions Ooh, the nudie friend but we need like a judge Mm -hmm. thing in there the 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 nudie nudie judges (laughs) the nudie judges yeah that's it uh nudie judges yep no more paul needed that's it that's it we decided anyway if you have suggestions about what we should call that segment Mm-hmm. Um, please tweet us, DM us, email us. Yeah. Uh, whatever. However, pigeon, you know, carrier pigeon us. Yes. That would, I would love you know, to receive a pigeon. I would too. I would, I would be, be terrified. I mean, yeah, I would me be, too. Because it would just be a bird trying to get into my house and I'd be like, what the fuck? Or owl. Somebody send me an owl. Okay. But owls don't actually do that. Yeah. But you could a- be trained. I mean, if owls can be trained for TV <laughs> and movies, they can be trained to deliver me a letter. I feel like falcons are trained to do stuff Ooh, like that. Ooh, I wouldn't mind so, getting a falcon. Speak. Okay. These, these 
this isn't Falcon related. It's Hawk related. I've been going on walks. There are fucking Hawks everywhere. I don't know. Like I've never seen this many Hawks in Iowa. Granted, this is the Hawkeye state. <laughs> they could have, they granted, they could have also been Eagles. I'm oh. not really sure. You don't know how to tell them apart. I don't no, know but either, one of them, so. some of them had a gold beak, which I think like <gasps> there's like a brown feather gold beak is a type of eagle. Isn't that a bald and eagle? Does a does a bald eagle not have a gold beak? Bald eagle no has the white the white head. Though. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah, had yeah. a brown head, and um, uh, yeah, has a white head. It has pimples. It has acne. <laughs> um, but. Uh, and, and, I, and they were flying like I was walking Clyde in by the cemetery and they were flying like pretty low and constantly around. And like there were like two of them following each other. I was actually scared because they're fucking big. They might have been never eagles. realized like how gigantic hawks and eagles actually are. Oh, my God. They're so big. And they're you know what? This is, this is the most patriotic That's moment what I she ever said. had. What? You're so dirty. Oh, my God. I went to when I was in Iowa City, I went to the Raptor Center because that's like where they call these birds raptors, which I didn't know because I'm from New York. And oh, I didn't know they called them raptors. Things. Yeah, they're called raptors. Um, I thought raptors was like Jurassic Park. The drag. I mean, I almost said the dragon. Well, I meant the dinosaur. I meant the dinosaur. <laughs> the dragon. The famous dragon. The famous raptor. dragon, of course. Um, you guys are totally going to fight raptors now. Um but um uh no i went and they had because that's where they keep like the rehabilitated um eagles before they're ready to be released so it's ones they found in the wild that need help and like you can like go up to the cages they are the most fucking beautiful birds in the world like if you ever get the chance to prettier see than eagle peacocks up close, oh my god so much so, peacocks are all fluff and no substance okay like but strut down the were, runway were deep who thinking. cares they, they a- but they're they're fucking and I was just like, I'm an American and this is our this is our animal and I'm so patriotic right now literally and that tells you how much of a patriot I and am and then suddenly like out of thin air most- like a rifle appeared in one hand and a Coors Light <laughs> in the other and you were like I am home this is am- me it's <laughs> 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 okay most of our listeners are Canadians so I know I, love I can it. make fun of us. <laughs> Um. Anyway, that's yes, that's my but, story. Okay, but bringing us back, bringing us we back. need we need suggestions from you guys about what to name that segment. We'll put up a poll on Twitter. Get your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and we're then gonna erect that poll. Oh. Yep. Oh, I just got it. Okay, stripper things. Got it. <laughs> I was like, wreck that poll. No, erect that. God damn oh, it, erect that poll. That. That's a penis thing, it's, not a stripper thing. And I'm it's there. also not funny. We can we can we can cool. continue. I'll shut up now. <laughs> you can anyway, just do the podcast I'm alone. I'm just trying to get out this one thing about how we're gonna put a poll up on Twitter and then you guys get to decide what we're gonna name the segment and now we can move on. Okay. Yeah. But so we need first you guys have to we need to solicit we're soliciting ideas. Yes. So Anna and I will pick from our favorites and then that will be the basis for the poll. So Throw some ideas at us. The chit chat corner, the judges corner, the ch- judges chamber, the 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 chamber the, chat, chamber chat, the dice dungeon chat. Nope. What? I don't know. <laughs> don't make Listen, that suggestion. <laughs> don't. Um, whatever you do. Um, uh, home of what is the one from uh, uh, Parks and Rec? Home of the stick up Leslie Nope's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
always give a write-in option. There is no write-in option. You solicit, we pick, you pick. Um, okay. Also, you just sent me a really exciting email. Before I did. This. I did. Do you want to tell everyone what it is? Ah, the chapter is complete, you guys. Rumspringa of Deception, chapter one. It is. It is not funny. It is not good. But I'm so damn excited. Damn it, it if it's not the most dramatic Amish shit you have ever read in your life. But is it like like we both laughed hysterically and this isn't funny, but like when the we told me the mom was trampled by a yeah. horse. Is it like dramatic like that? Because that's funny. That it me. is dramatic like that, yes. Okay, then yes. then it'll be funny. Yeah. So we are gonna do some we've reached three hundred listeners, we promised this. We're gonna do a few dramatic readings, I think. Yes. Do we wanna write that? Are we doing that now thing? or are we doing that next episode? No, 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 no. I think we should do that as like a separate bonus oh, episode. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So, mm-hmm. yep. Watch out so for that. Look forward we'll to be, that. Yeah. We'll be releasing a super special, <laughs> a super special family episode about Rumspringa of Deception, Chapter One, where we will meet the Yoders. The Yoders. And if someone would like to make us, if someone out there is graphically inclined and would like to make us like a graphic for Rumspringa of Deception that we could use for the podcast and yep. when we post updates on it, that would be amazing. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you got to go back and listen to I think episode seven. Like I don't a remember. long time ago. I, no, it was yeah. after our 10th episode. Um, but well, anyway, it's somewhere back there. It's somewhere back there. And, uh, if you're listening to it and you think, great, I'll make cover art that's like Amish, remember that chapter two introduces us to mm. the Russian witch. Yes. So that, so that chapter is going to be fucking insane. So 50% yeah, it has Amish, be... 50% Russian witch. They meet each other, fall in love, watch Absolutely. out. Yep. That's that's a true American romance. Yeah. Um. What, okay. So we have, we're at 400 listeners. We're That's doing what we the said poll. we were going to do the poll. Mm-hmm. We're 500. Erecting the poll. We're erecting that poll. 500 listeners or followers on uh What did we say Twitter. we were going to do at 500? 500 was going to be our live show. <gasps> oh, yeah. Our live, live show? Zoom show. <laughs> and I have a Zoom account so I can invite people. What? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, if, guys, get us to 500 and we'll do a live show. We'll answer your questions live. We'll talk about D&D. We'll talk about us. We'll talk about the law. We'll talk about... Yesterday, Amish. yesterday we were at like 370, by the way. I know. And we just like exploded today. That's what she said. Because <laughs> um, I went on uh, and, and just followed a bunch of accounts that looked so interesting. D&D related, podcast related, D&D 5e related, yeah. live play, actual play, like all of these great accounts that were getting suggested to me. I was like, let's do it. Let's see more of this beautiful TTRPG community, and then boom, suddenly we're over 400. So I'm going to quit my day job and just Please uh, do. spend the rest of my time. I will as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's both quit. <laughs> and just be on Twitter following people. Yeah. That, that, that's that how people like make a great these days. Time. <laughs> TikTok, that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't do the TikTok. Me neither. We'll invent a TikTok dance. Nope. No. Please, God. let's no. do it. Oh my God. There's we like, have, apparently we need to do like a Dungeons and Dragons dance. Yep. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Read the rules. Read the rules. Ability check perception. Oh. <laughs> Roll initiative. <laughs> Casting a spell. Somatic components. Verbal two and material. 
This is no one can see what we're doing. I know we're really funny. funny though. Just trust us. But speaking of <laughs> speaking of actual Dungeons and Dragons, we had a really exciting week this week, didn't we, Joe? We did. We had a very exciting. We had a very exciting. exciting week. Yeah, we, we got did. to play in person. In person. <laughs> you guys, Joe's a real person. He does exist. I can confirm. Can confirm. Even though we had met, we used to work, we still work together, but we have met several times I don't times know what's before. happened to you since the pandemic, all right? But now I do, so. <laughs> well, you didn't see everything. A lot of stuff I've just hid you were, in the house. You were just sitting behind the table the whole time, so I guess I didn't see everything. <laughs> I, I don't have a lower half anymore. Our, our listeners still can't see you, you know? <laughs> You're pulling this, like, creepy ass uh face and creepy ass it's just, just for me ass. it's a creepy ass what can i Cre- say that's what i have below the table my creepy, a ass. creepy it was ass. so much fun it we was. played two games we played two games we finally started the harry potter one um harry potter mini campaign which was so much fun oh my gosh um it was amazing what did you what did you think did you enjoy it i was obsessed with that game okay like i i texted joe this but i came home and i think i replayed the entire session in my mind because it was such a blast and joe did an incredible job with the storytelling bringing us all together he had this like beautiful imagery where we where we're introduced to each character and then we transition from character to character with like the flight of birds and it was just amazing and i was like picturing it in my head and i was like how much time did joe spend putting this together because it's so well done the truth is a lot (laughs) and i gotta tell you like i i loved the party even though um i've never even met a lot of those folks before yeah i love the concept of course it was harry potter why would I love it. I love the story we're telling. I love the character that I'm playing. But I got to tell you, man, last night was somehow even <laughs> more fun than that. <laughs> or yes, at least got, as fun. Because... At least as fun. We got to get back to Gaijer too. How exciting uh, was it like to be back in person with your old crew? Oh my God, I miss them so much. Oh. I have to say, you guys had this energy. And like, I've talked about this in the pod before. Like, that's what you miss when you're playing online versus in person. There's this energy at the table. Like, you all were so fucking engaged. Yeah. And I was like, so happy. I was like a kid in a candy store because I was like, okay, everyone is fucking like, in it right now mm-hmm. and we are gonna just fuck shit up and like do some crazy stuff and it was so much fun was like we so didn't fun. Really, we had like two combats and they were both like challenging combats but like we didn't get that far in the story but no. it was just so fun it was just so great to be at the table and see those guys again in person and i just like it was it was just as you described it was like a whole different energy last night it was, it was like yeah. everybody was having a good time everybody was engaged like the D part of it was so fun but then the socialization part of it was so fun and mm-hmm. i can't believe how much i missed playing in person uh with that group but i'm so glad we're back we're back at the table yeah. <laughs> me too well all right well we have stories that will continue to flow as uh as we now are playing in person, and I'm sure things are going to be even wackier and Yay. crazier than they have been. Yay. Well, should we get started with our episode? Yes. Who's joining us today? We have, you guys, another Canadian is joining us. He's from Toronto. His name is John. He's from the Twitterverse, so we know nothing about him. Let's go make a new friend. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right.
Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. The Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice John of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and don't forget to pay your taxes, you lazy shits, for the court is now sitting. So we're not going to hear any cases today. We are just chilling back in the soon-to-be-officially-named non-courtroom. Right now I'm going to call it chamber chat because chamber chat. I, I like, like the alliteration chat. and if somebody mm. wants to make that suggestion so it can be added to the poll, that'd be great. The robes yeah. the robes are off, the wigs are the off. Robes, yeah. Every, it's everything's casual, coming off. It's, it's casual Classic time. Canadian, the wigs are off because they wear them there. <laughs> and we are joined by John. Welcome to the show, John. Joe and Anna, have you... Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's really a thrill. Of course, yeah. So, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about like um, how you got into tabletop role playing and maybe some of the exciting stuff that you're doing? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, I started quite a, a long time ago. I was, uh, I guess, maybe 12 years old when I started playing, and this was back in the uh, in the 80s, very much a Stranger Things kind of um, time, <laughs> uh, the olden <laughs> days, and uh, so we had like the the box set the 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 purple moldve basic rules is is what we started with and um it was such a a wildly different thing for us and so exciting um there was there was no internet so there was no uh critical <laughs> yeah there was no critical role to like what is D about oh i'll just google that or check it out on youtube we discovered it um on, on our own just by trying it out and getting it wrong a lot <laughs> and uh, yeah, for real. And uh, so, like, we, we had come from uh, a gaming experience of like Monopoly and uh, checkers, and you know, that was what gaming meant to us back then. And so, this idea of a role playing game in in this genre that appealed, I cannot even explain how much to my twelve year old self. Um, it just it just melted our brains with joy and like we were completely lost in imagination but we we definitely took a long time to to kind of get it um you know there's you don't know what a role-playing game is and then between then and understanding what it is there's there's a leap you have to make right <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that leap t- probably took a few uh jumps for us because I remember we thought like, you know how time is um, separated into turns and rounds. And to us, it sounds silly now, but it it does make sense if you think about it. We thought that a round was like going around the table, right? Like in any... Like in a game of Monopoly, that's what a round nice. was. And a turn must be my turn and now it's your turn because we didn't understand the idea of no... Um, sequence of, of events uh, that it could mm. just be free form like that didn't make any sense to us and like um, happening simultaneously like that exactly. is so yeah. confusing yeah or, or like theater of the mind versus having a board to play on again that just right. hey, what are you even talking about <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the uh, of the old uh, of the old D&D stuff but the the artwork is it's kind of uh, very stylized, like the Aerolotus stuff is really like strange and kind of goopy yeah. and a bit cartoony. <laughs> and so for me, like that, that recalls so much of the joy I had when I was a kid, like exploring this, um, 
mental space, I guess, uh, that all I have to do is see it now. And I get like this rush of nostalgic joy. Here, here's a story. <laughs> I got I got out of D&D for a very long time, like 25 years long time. Wow. Um, I, another, another back in that I started to feel like this one time in, <laughs> at band camp. But anyway, this, this one time in the 80s. Um, you guys know about the satanic panic. Anyway, anyway, so like the stigma around playing D&D was extremely real and extremely yeah. strong. And I, I tell people about it now and they're like, yeah, no, I get it. And I'm like, I'm not sure you get it. It was the worst thing to admit. Like you had to carry shame around if if you played D&D. Like it was just the most nerdy, geeky thing. But nerdy and keep geeky it was, secret, was bad. Keep it safe. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. I still uh, want to see that. There's a Tom Hanks movie out oh, there about Mazes and this. Monsters, yeah. And I want to see it so there bad because is? it's, oh it's like God, Tom Hanks like, being corrupted by D&D and it's fucking insane. That's yeah. like two of my favorite things, D&D and Tom Hanks. <laughs> and Tom Hanks. Excellent. <laughs> you think Tom Hanks couldn't possibly be in a bad movie, but maybe there is one exception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so like I was, I was away from the game for so long, and uh, I came back to it uh, during um, the pandemic of all times, where there isn't a single game to be had. Um, and and when I started my show, which is like a D and D show, I didn't even have dice. I was using an app on my phone, which is kind of sacrilege. Anyway, <laughs> I ordered dice, and when they came in the mail, and I opened the package, and just like hearing them, mm-hmm. something in my brain just like lightning bolt flashed back to when I was 12 years old and I just got like just having dice in my hand was like the best the best experience I'd had for so long it's, it sounds really cheesy but no that's know, I right totally get you, it man. yeah like I there's like, like a Pavlovian response or something yeah. I don't know right and it's funny because it's like obviously like I'm still in my initial like intro to D&D I haven't stopped playing since I started but wow. like I have that same reaction every time I take dice <laughs> and I'm like yes I'm holding the dice <laughs> and it's just it's so I don't know like I totally 100% could can, could see how just how nostalgic that would be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, during the day, um, like my real life, I'm a high school teacher. And so normally this sound right here, that means that <laughs> high school students are playing craps in the back of my classroom. <laughs> high school students know how to play craps? I don't even know how to play it craps. Was a, it was a thing for a while. <laughs> and so actually for a while there, it was giving me like a kind of like a twitch, like, oh, oh no, now I'm going to have to call out like the, the bad boys. <laughs> And uh, please stop gambling in the back of my class. <laughs> so this is fascinating. So you're a high school teacher. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about like, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know what things are like with COVID, but like starting a D&D club at your school? Do the kids know that you play? No, and they're not going to. Um, so oh. <laughs> part of this is the um, unshakable uh, satanic panic shame that I carry around. Actually, my mm. students would be fine with it. They would probably think it was... Oh, they'd maybe probably they make TikToks about you or something. I don't know if they right think now. it was cool, but they would accept <laughs> it because kids kids are pretty cool. But my, um, I don't think my coworkers would accept it. I think that I would no. be... I think that I would be broiled alive by my coworkers. Really? Yeah. In Canada? I know. Uh, yes. Canada? Unacceptable Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Canada, I, I, I Canada's like true. still stuck in the 80s a little bit. So I get that. <laughs> I don't think we covered. So, John, you're from Canada. You live in Toronto. Yes. We, we I think we talked about this off air. But um, 
I am once again outnumbered. I just want to. <laughs> you're tell you're our, our right now. You're our second Canadian. Oh guest, yeah? is that right? Yeah, we have another one joining us next week. So <laughs> you see what's happening, and I'm okay with it. I love Canada. Take me, please. First, we take over the music industry, and now we're taking over <laughs> the comedy. Are we, are we referring to Bieber? <laughs> no, Alanis Morissette, Get Avril Lavigne, and Avril Lavigne. Yeah. That's right, Drake. Drake, there's, yes. Drake is wait. Drake is Canadian. Drake He's, is Canadian. What? Yeah, he literally yeah. puts like Toronto in all of his songs. You yeah. act like I listen to Drake or something. I have no idea. I, okay. Drake um, is famously Canadian. Yeah. Famously. Okay. Well, I'm learning that now. Um. So okay. So tell us about your pod. Is it a podcast or it is? A- yeah. It's a, it's okay. a podcast. So uh, I I launched it. Um, I guess like a year ago, actually. It was a year and a month ago or something. So uh, I'm just kind of past my podcast anniversary now. And um, I was never going to make a podcast. Um, I just really wanted to find the uh, kind of the perfect podcast. So I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to hear. I'd heard The Adventure Zone. And of course, I loved it because it's brilliantly good. And it it showed me that a uh, podcast... It, it could be funny, but also could be like really human and touching and smart and uh, or, or even brilliant. Like the, the storytelling is is so good. And so I, I started looking for more and I I found a few, but um, I was hoping to find something kind of serious because um, even though even though D&D is, you know, elves running around in the woods, I still kind of like it to be... It's serious elves. It's, it's serious and dwarves. Elves. There's yeah. dwarves yeah. there and orcs too, but... We Barbarians so, have never cracked a joke, so, they, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Barbarians are hard to make serious, but hey, uh, you know, you've got Conan, he's... He, he punches a camel now and then, but sometimes serious. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for me, uh, D&D was very much like a Lord of the Rings kind of thing where there was no Jar Jar Binks moment ever in Lord of the Rings. Um, and there was there was no like slapstick. There was no Monty Python in it. It was kind of serious in its in itself, if you forgive that it's elves running around in the woods. Uh, and so I was looking for a podcast that did that. And I looked 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 and I couldn't I couldn't find one podcast that wasn't like gonzo comedy you know, basically a parody of my version of D&D. And that's, sure, that is what yeah. most uh, like actual plays are. They're kind of a parody. It's always, you know, um, I play a bugbear, but get this, he's a wizard, yo. And his name is Maurice, okay. And for me- I feel me, like he's describing like a character I would build. And I yeah. don't know whether to be offended well, or to be really pleased. Don't, don't be offended. I'm, I'm, just, I'm desperately in the minority of people that prefer their, uh, their uh, fantasy to be unsweetened in this way. I know that. I know that I'm a, I guess I'm a very niche kind of taste. But anyway, for me, that's what I was looking for, and I couldn't find it, and I couldn't find it, and uh, just I would just find these comedy ones, and they were some of them are good. Like again, the Adventure Zone is amazingly good. Dungeons and Daddies again, amazingly good, like so good, and I'm a big fan. But not what I was really looking for. What I wanted was something that would take me to uh, Middle Earth or, or something like that, sure. uh, and I just couldn't find it. Uh, so I made it. I made one. I just thought, well. This doesn't exist. Um, I'm going to make it. Uh, and I'll just try and make the podcast that I was hoping to find. Um, 
I first I thought, well, no, no, that's silly. I, I don't want to make a podcast. I have no interest in that at all. But then all of these reasons why I should do it kind of popped up. Like I have a studio at home. Um, I I used to uh, I used to make music professionally, and so now I, I make music for my as the background like scoring for my show. Um, I use I use like Creative Commons stuff as well, but a lot of it I do on my own. And uh, I thought, huh, I'm an English teacher, so I could I, the writing part should should be okay. Yeah. yeah, like I should have a couple of tricks up my sleeve. Um, and so all of these reasons just kind of came together, and. If it was kind of like, well, if if not me, like who is suited to make this podcast that I'm hoping to hear? And so yeah. I just I just took the plunge, and um, I took I think I took about three months to kind of make a like a buffer, you know, like you make four episodes, and uh, and then I put it out all at once. I think um, Aram, Aram Vartian of uh, God's Fall. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. That's actually a, a kind of a serious one. Uh, he, he had put out some like advice for podcasters and uh, one of his pieces of advice was release four episodes at once so that um, it, it's kind of making a promise to potential listeners that you're going to be there next month mm. instead of like you put out one and then maybe you disappear because you found out the editing took 15 hours and you didn't <laughs> like that very much. If it does right. show, don't tell me because right. I don't yeah. want the magic ruined. Yeah. It's okay. It, I'll still it do does. It. It's like 15 minutes, right, Joe? 15 minutes to edit a show? <laughs> somewhere in between 15 minutes and 15 hours. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But I love this. Okay, so what is what is your podcast called? Okay, so it's called uh, Tale of the Manticore because somewhere I learned that you you have to have, as you know, a pun in your title. Otherwise, you get your podcasting license revoked. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> I came up with um, I came up with a few a few things that I kind of was like playing with. I think I was going to do Die by the Sword. But I, maybe I googled Ooh. that and it already existed or something. Like there you know, are a lot of puns out there. There's so many, right? <laughs> there's so many, so and that's coming from someone that has a podcast called Raw and Order. Oh, well, yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I came up with a tale of the Manticore, and I, I didn't hate it, and so I guess I settled on that one because I was like, it was the one that just kind of stuck around. Um, didn't didn't get written off as oh that's being used or oh now I hate that uh, because I've slept on it and it sounds stupid to me now, and so I thought okay tale tale of the Manticore and um, so I, I worked it into my intro as well that it's like the tale of, according to lore the tale of a Manticore is barbed with cruel iron spikes, and then in this dripping with um, like evil voice like Doctor Evil voice I talk <laughs> about how there's going to be pain ahead, uh, and it, it I'm laying it on pretty thick. But um, actually, since I since doing that, I've had a whole lot of listeners come back and say, like, you know what? You promised pain, and you really <laughs> and you delivered. You really <laughs> delivered. <laughs> okay, well now I'm intrigued, so um, I will definitely be listening. Um, <laughs> well, the, something interesting I don't think that's been mentioned while we're recording yet is that you do this completely on your own, right? Like the, yeah. the whole cast of characters is all you. Yeah, and so that that again was. Um, I guess uh, necessity yeah. is the mother of invention. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's no one around. Um, my, my partners, uh, she, she did some voices for me, but I mean, this isn't her thing. So um, she didn't want to like get involved in the writing or, or anything like that. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, so I did it on my own because 
that's what I had to work with. And uh, over time, I started to reach out to people and ask, uh, would you like to do, would you like to do a guest voice for my show that no one's ever heard of maybe? And then, uh, so it was a bit of a tough sell at the beginning. People are like, you're what? Huh? No, uh, no, thanks. No. Uh, but little by little, some people became interested and uh, then a few more. And then I got some like higher profile people. And uh, just recently I got uh some people, some people that I've been like a big fan of, I got them to uh, to guest on my show, and it's one of the coolest things that I found through podcasting is I get to meet some people that like I've been a fan of them, and now like we hang out. It's which is <laughs> one awesome. of my it's one of my favorite things. So uh, Trevor Duvall of the Me Myself and Die Show, which I strongly, strongly, strongly uh, recommend. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's another solo uh, game, and it's also a kind of a serious one. He doesn't use D&D. He uses like Savage Worlds and okay. Iron Swarm. They're, they're similar enough. Like you can kind of get it pretty quickly. Sure. Uh, anyway, his stuff is so beautifully produced and and is such a compelling story. And the, the best thing about it, and, and my show does this too, is um, the storyteller doesn't know where the story is going to go from paragraph to paragraph. Like it's a procedural, like just like a game. Uh, it's a procedural right. thing. So I'm I'm telling a story that's um, like it's presented like an old radio show audio drama, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hear walking sound effects. And when people are fighting there, you can hear the swords clanging and whatever. Uh, I, I do a bunch of voices. I get voice actors now. Uh, but whatever happens next usually depends on the role of a die. And so sure. when, when I'm writing the script, it's a game. It's a game that happens really slowly. Like, imagine the slow... This couldn't work as at a table game because it's so right. slow. Like, sometimes I'll write a paragraph, I'll finish off, and then I'll have to go and think about it for four days uh, sure. before I know what's going to happen next. And then it'll come to me and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's what they would do. I'll come back and I'll do it. I'll be like, okay, this is going to require a, a wisdom check and I'll roll that right, right so on So by there. the time you record the episode, have you mm. made all your rolls and you've like put together what the final script will be? Yeah, so the the rolling that you hear on the show is sampled dice rolling just ah. just for consistency, but they're all real rolls. They just happened before like right. it's it couldn't be improvised because there's sound effects and sure. a, appropriate right. music and stuff. So it it happens for real at, at the kind of script writing stage. I I can't even really call it a script because it's really a transcript of a solo game. Yeah. Uh, and then I recreate it and it's it's true i have to be like uh, surprised at the roles that happened oh, you know 3 weeks ago <laughs> right right not right. 20 oh my right. god oh my god <laughs> well that's fascinating john like that's, that's so such cool. an amazing medium and i hope our listeners check it out um we'll definitely uh, link up to your twitter when we post this episode yeah. so thanks. that uh, thanks yeah our like 402 followers can all find you too yeah <laughs> folks folks give it a try because like uh, whether it's mine or another one there's there's there are a few of these like kind of sandbox fiction style games that are like they're like hybrid actual plays and like I think that this is a really exciting new way to tell stories that is in its infancy like yeah. there's only a, I could name four or five of them and uh, it's it's really exciting because no character has any kind of plot armor it's totally unpredictable there's no arc there's no like I know that the heroes will win. Uh, I just wonder how they're going to get there. It's kind of like, I don't know if they'll survive this episode. And so it's 
it's Game of Thrones exciting. Do you remember when you found Game of Thrones and you're like, <laughs> yeah, remember that? The characters can actually oh, yeah. die. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's awesome. So we brought you here um, to uh, to discuss some issues that you brought to us. Actually, yeah, yeah, one that you brought to us. So, do you want to sort of uh, introduce this to us regarding uh, fighting? Sure, sure. This question that you had. So. Um, all of the kind of situations that I, I thought of for your show uh, are all things that I've dealt with in my own show, and sure. I've wondered, did I make the right call? And I thought maybe that would make some good, some some good fat to chew on for us on your show, uh, because they're very much uh, in. I use I use basic D and D in my show just because it's uh, light and quick and good for a, a podcast, um, but OSR really um, emphasizes rulings over rules. And so I make a lot of rules up on the fly. I just, I'll just be like, oh, I think that this is how I'm going to do it because it's quick and it, it makes sense. But they're not from the uh, scripture, so to speak, sure. right? O- yeah. Often. Uh, anyway, so one of them would be the, the fighting withdrawal. It's referred to in a lot of books. Like, so your, your party of adventurers encounters uh, some creatures, but they can't handle it. And they know that they're outmatched. How do they break off? And so, like the OSR says, well, they can do a fighting withdrawal. And then it proceeds to give no rules or information on how that would work. (laughs) And so the question is, judges, how would you do it? So, Joe, you're the expert on these things, 5e related anyway, but is there like a fighting withdrawal in, in 5e as well? I literally just picked up the book because I wanted to look. I don't I don't know if it specifically addresses it. And honestly, that kind of makes sense because I think and I John, I think your intuition is right. Like I think this is just up to the the GM, right? Like I think that um how you handle it is going to be dependent on a lot of factors. So um for me as like a DM, I would I mean, I mean, and I come across this a lot because I, I, I make a lot of homebrew creatures mm-hmm. and I don't always know if they are super balanced. Like, I don't know, maybe, for example, they might have this attack called Tornado of Death that uh. Anna encountered last <laughs> night. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's maybe a little Ten too powerful. Ten attacks in that um, tornado, by yeah. the way. So. I didn't come up with that creature, but like, I definitely, it wasn't balanced because I had two of them and it was like a little crazy. So, um I think it's I think the the goal should be to put the challenge on your players that if you're gonna run away and flee, which is entirely acceptable mm. um in D and D, right? Because you're absolutely right. Like if you want to survive, you sometimes have to do that. Mm-hmm. Then it's up to you guys as the players to come up with a creative solution. So how are you going to distract this beast sufficiently? Are you going to do like a silent image or something um, or, or use some spell that's going to distract it? Um, If you're fighting um, uh, humanoids, what do you offer to them to get them to back off? Mm -hmm. Um, And is it worth that to you? Or do you let some or potentially your whole party succumb to that? Um, That's like my initial thought about that and i don't know what do you think from a player perspective yeah um i'll tell you that like i was trying to think um guide 2 since we just played guide 2 last night mm-hmm. um like what have we ever withdrawn <laughs> from a battle <laughs> i know like so it yeah, last night um we finished off a battle that we had started in the session before that where we fought like this just a group of owl bears mm-hmm. and they're gigantic and they have scary things like 
tornado powers that can <laughs> create 10 attacks at, in one turn and it's mm-hmm. insane and i know that my character when we started that interaction was like we got to book it out because we're going to die if we fight all of these owlbears. But then the rest of the party's like, cool, now we're fighting owlbears. And I was like, guess we're not withdrawing from that. Guess we're fighting this. And yeah. like as a player, I don't know. I feel like uh, in the early days, I don't even think I knew we had the option of being like, I'm not going to engage. Mm-hmm. Like if, you pres- if you're presented with an enemy, I feel like as players, I'm like, okay, this is the next thing that happens. We fight these goblins. Um, and so it's, it's actually, that's why I asked if it was even in 5e, because I'm like, wait, do we just have like the option as a party to be like, peace out. I'm not going to engage in this battle. Um, and uh, if we do, then I think Joe's right. Like, I think it has to be like narratively, making sense right like it can't just be like and then we see a group of goblins and we turn around and walk away because obviously (laughs) that is not going to be how that Mm -hmm. actually plays out so like do we all have to make stealth checks are we all trying to sneak away um you know are we trying to reason with them are we trying to befriend them are we you know what what else are we trying but i think like if it makes narrative sense that's how i would adjudicate that like i'm not going to give you an easy out of being like Mm -hmm. this looks hard i'm walking away so right i i think that there's like a distinction between like there's like breaking out of combat that you're in and like oh we're outmatched we need to run but we're in it we're in like a melee and then there's also just like I see those guys over there. There's a lot more of them than there are of us. Right. And and that's like, that's a different thing, right? That's like a pursuit mechanic. That's different from breaking off, at, like when you're already fighting. A lot of a lot of DMs will do like attacks of opportunity. And so that's one way that you could handle it. Like, okay, you can break off combat and run, but they're going to get a free shot on you or they're going to get a free shot on you minus your shield AC or whatever. And I guess that's that is one way to do it. And then another way would be like you could do it but you have to win initiative. Or you have to Ooh. you can do it but if you lose initiative they get a free attack that that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean I think like I I am a fan of like always just making it narratively pleasing. So uh-huh. like for me, I think the way I would handle it is or or like another way you could handle it is like if you decide to flee, depending on what what you're fighting, they will likely try and pursue you. Yes. Um. So, so I think that that will automatically, in many cases, turn into a pursuit, and then you, as a DM, kind of have to come up with like, okay, what are the mechanics of this pursuit? And Anna and I were um, players in a pursuit once uh, in our Yawning Portal campaign, um, and it was like super exciting because each round, different stuff would happen, and mm-hmm. like, and like we were fleeing, but at different rates, and we all had to make checks as we went uh-huh. and like that could be just as satisfying as combat itself yeah for sure the for escape. sure escape yeah yeah and it, i mean it could really uh, lend a sense of danger to the game too if if you feel like well everything i encounter the dm has made it so that it is manageable for our party then where's where's the fear that's not right. very fearful that's kind right. of like video game fearful where everything is like level appropriate to my character's strength and if I just try hard enough, then I could overcome it. Uh, but a, an alternative approach would be like, this is a wild world and your first level characters could run into something that is like you're not a match for it and your only choice is to run. But then how you deal with that, 
that's tough. Like there, there are mechanics for it, right? There's like you can calculate um, your speed and you can calculate the distance between. It does kind of become a kind of like, so a train leaves the station <laughs> at 60 miles and like that's not fun for a game. Uh, or a podcast, um, if you were to say have one of those. Uh, and you're like, I'm an English teacher, not a math and, teacher. Uh, thank right you, on. thank you. Right. Well, yeah, that's like you never wanted to get super bogged down in like math and mechanics. Like everyone always right. complains when it happens. Yeah. And rightfully so, it gets it gets it takes the excitement out. It makes it kind of boring. Yeah, know? exactly. So I think as a DM, your your ruling should be something like. Uh, well, like you said, can you make it narratively interesting? Does mm-hmm. the do the characters drop a, a bag of treasure and hope that the pursuers stop to pick it up, or or, or a food, bag of ball bearings, and or a bag of ball bearings, <laughs> or or whatever owl bear's favorite food is, uh, a bag of that. Humans, it's humans. It's a bag of humans. <laughs> if you drop a bag of humans. Uh, well, it stopped to pick them up. Your party doesn't carry around a bag of humans because yeah. all of Six. mine do. So, <laughs> my party is a bag of humans. <laughs> new, new homebrew monster, bag of humans. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I love that though. It's, it's, yeah. There really are. I, I don't think there are really core rules on this. You might find some stuff in like the Dungeon Master's Guide or something uh-huh. like that. But I think it really is like. Hey DM, you can't let them get away with without some consequence, and mm-hmm. and and I think and that risk, it, yeah, and risk, right? Like, so it can be really creative. Like, what if? I mean, I mean, and the other thing is that not everything is out to kill you, right? So, right, sure. uh, if you if you came across a band of like marauders or something, and you were outmatched, um, uh, then I think like uh, an equal an equally narratively satisfying end to that combat is not that all your, pl- not, not that it's a total party kill, but that everyone gets captured. Right. And maybe you're mm-hmm. going to be like, so you get robbed right? or you get completely robbed. They take right. all of your magic items, but yep. they leave you alive because they don't right. want to murder you. I think that's just, that as is, nat- that's a story that could happen. That's I mean, a story. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you, yeah. and now you want revenge and yeah, the story mm-hmm. writes itself when you do good stuff like that. So sure. I, have, I have a question for you then, John, because mm-hmm. um, you said something interesting where you were like, in this world, you know, it's not always going to make sense that you are well matched with the monster or enemy that you're fighting and yeah. that a level one character could very well come across something that's outside of its capabilities. Mm-hmm. When you are as a storyteller, as a podcaster, trying yeah. to create this like narrative, this story that you want people to um, be invested in, yeah. right? How are you balancing? Um, I want to create long-term characters that people get attached to and people are engaged in with that reality of like any episode now they could die and I'm okay with that. And like, sometimes you just have to kill characters. Like, so how do you balance yeah. that? And Joe it, too, because you do this as a DM with, with us and mm. thank you for not having killed any of me, but <laughs> you know, so far. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll take it first and then Joe, you answer. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So it is a balance and i probably don't always get it right. And it can be very swingy in terms of um, when the dice come out, anything can happen. And so I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky so far. Like I haven't had a TPK, but it could have happened at several situations. Mm-hmm. I'm just lucky that it hasn't happened. Like if I make, um, if I make like a wandering monster table um, for, you know, my characters are, let's say, level one and two, and they're in a forest, so I need a wandering monster table for that. I'm going to make the table with 50% level-appropriate things, 
too powerful them to handle, and 25% uh, weird things like extreme weather or uh, land Ooh. feature or maybe even just like they find a dead body and there's treasure. Like it could it could be a boon, a very small chance of that because mostly bad things happen to my play, <laughs> my characters. But it could it could happen. There's always like a small chance for something good. Uh, so that's that's how I've done it, and sometimes um, I do roll that the characters have found something that they are not a match for, and actually that's why I kind of came to uh, to your show with this idea because pretty recently my characters came across something that they might have beaten it, but half of them would have died, mm-hmm. um, and in in my game there's no negative hit points, there's no. Um, resuscitation, dead. It's dead. Dead is dead. Oh, and so it's they. They sort of took. They took one look. I say they. They're, they're all me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this it, is now a psychological thriller. That's right. <laughs> Spoken like a true uh, role D&D. player. Yes, absolutely. that's right. So with my with my player hat on, um, I looked. I took one look at this encounter and thought no. And so I thought, well, this is this is where we run. And so then I had to just kind of come up with, uh, I took the player hat off and put the DM hat on. And then I had to say, well, okay, what are, what are my mechanics going to be for running? Um, and it really was like, okay, this creature is, roll some dice, 170 yards away. And the creature's movement rate is, let me look it up quick. Okay, it's um, 120. Uh, what's the slowest character in the party? Let me look that up. It's 60. Okay, it's twice as fast. It's, this, it's, it's a football field and a half away. What are the chances that they can get away from it? Um, and then I just came up with a number. There actually are tables in like second ed D and D for this stuff. And so I I looked at some rules, but boy, it was it was like it was like going to an accounting class. So no. <laughs> so I just I just sort of made it as easy as possible. And I was like, okay, I'm going to say that the distance cancels out the the speed advantage, and I'm going to say they have a one in three chance. And that's what I just, I was just like, okay, it's a one in three chance that they're going to get away. Wow. Uh, and, and that's what I went with. And just, then I rolled the dice. This, okay, so this is insane that, <laughs> and, and I just want to, to like take a minute to say that you have a solo actual play podcast, and yeah. then you spend time as a DM creating yes. an interaction and a monster, yeah. and then you have your party be like, no thanks, I'm going to run. Like, that's right. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of these days I'm going to map out an entire dungeon and I'm going to have my own PCs look at the door and go, nah, yeah. I think we'll go over there. <laughs> So, so I'm sorry, Joe, but I wanted to come back to you and also ask you like how you balance uh, not killing us <laughs> well, with keeping it interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, do you mean, so I guess there's a distinction that I would make between like players and like lovable NPCs and, mm-hmm. and friendly NPCs. Um, when it comes to players, like you, we talked about last episode, I think when, you know, I killed one of my players in, um, in Gaidra one, but it was to serve a narrative function. And I knew that the players could revivify that character. Like, and I wasn't going to be a dick about it. Like mm-hmm. I, unless they like really seriously, completely just super failed, whatever they were doing, they were going to be able to bring that character back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I think as long as it makes sense and it's fair, then if I try and hold back as the DM from killing a player 
and and cutting that off it just feels cheap like i think the players have to know that there are real consequences mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. part of this game like death is part of this game and anna like you know last night we were playing guides or two and i was throwing these assassins at you guys that you didn't know this but they did if if they if their sneak attack hit and you failed a constitution saving throw they did 10 d6 of damage plus 1 d8 plus 3 which could instantly kill if if like I rolled the high whole enough, party. Wow. like yeah, yes. like that could. I mean, like you know, like like certain like the barbarian and stuff would sure. be fine, but like for Draxel or Druid, like that that could instantly kill him. Um, so uh, I, but I knew that going in, and I was like, you know, okay, this is going to test them, and and I always try and make sure that I'm not just doing something to be. Is it a sadist? Is that the one who likes to inflict pain? Mm. I and like, we're the masochists because right. we enjoy your <laughs> infliction of pain. <laughs> but but it's but it serves a purpose. And and because if I'm just throwing like really difficult stuff for no reason, then and and I I agree, John, with like doing like a table and having things that are outside of your your ability, and that makes complete sense. Like right now, you guys are traveling through a dangerous forest. There's gonna be stuff in there you can't handle, and like mm-hmm. you maybe you you've come across some of it maybe you haven't come across the other yet i but i think that like i just have to unless i know like okay i made this way too hard it's going to be a tpk and that's my fault because of the because of what i did versus because you all rolled poorly or something right then then i do hold back in those circumstances but otherwise i just go for it and honestly if if draxel had died last night and he's the only one that could cast revivify like yeah that would have sucked that would have sucked yeah but luckily that didn't happen (laughs) we spoiler alert john we all survived (laughs) thank goodness we went down a couple times but we were brought back up (laughs) but do you feel that way as a player and a soon-to-be dm like i guess do you agree that if you were playing in a game where the dm was holding back on 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 those challenges for you um do you think that you would it would be as fun um like my table will be made up of almost entirely new brand new players who've never ever played D D before you don't want to traumatize them so, exactly <laughs> so like i i imagine if i'm sensing that like they're all about to like die or something i'm probably going to pull back a little mm-hmm. bit on my punches mm-hmm. um at the level that we play now joe i i I I'm with you. I'm like, some of us are going to die. Like some of our characters are going to go down and we're going to be in a situation some of the time where we can't be brought back. And that just, it has to play out. Like it has to play out. So yeah. yeah. I feel now that the worst thing isn't a character death. It's like an ignoble character death. Like my, my character died, but it was to giant rats. That doesn't feel satisfying. (laughs) But I know my, I would have I would have right? really hated going down to owl bears. All right, <laughs> my character I mean, died like throwing himself into a beholder's mouth, and, and while right. everyone else got it with that satisfying. As I That's, save a baby, like I toss it. Yeah, out to I want to save a baby with one hand and yeah. help an old lady across the street with the other hand. Exactly. While throwing myself into beholder's mouth. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or like you're like you're you're mountain climbing and your character like slips and falls and off falls, a cliff, and, and it's like it. well. Yeah. All right. And now they're dead. <laughs> Guess they're dead. I mean, yeah, I it just has to be satisfying. There's so. a couple of things that have occurred to me as we're talking about this. So if you guys feel like going down a rabbit hole. Absolutely. Um, 
there's a mechanic that I've been using in my game um, on the podcast that I haven't used much in actual table games, like back when I was a kid or, or on the games that I play now in Roll20. Um, and that's the reaction check. In fact, I don't even know if 5e has a reaction check. but We have in reactions, the, but I've never heard of a reaction yeah. check. What, what is so that? So basically, in the OSR... When you when when two parties meet, so group of players meets group of uh, thunder owl bears, for example, <laughs> you you could roll the dice, and if you get two two d six, and if you get a two, it means immediate attack, and if you get a twelve, it could mean potential uh, friendship. Well, it, dep- it depends on the situation, but it could Ooh. you could interpret that as could be bribed, could be bought off, could. Both parties back away slowly, like something like that. It doesn't like have an interaction to. check. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and so the the modifier for this is the old dump stat charisma. And so in the game I'm playing now, charisma is one of the <laughs> most important stats because this reaction role comes up again and again and again and again. Like, let's say you're talking with an NPC and you're trying to convince them to do something. There's no persuade role. In uh, in like OSR stuff, it's just a reaction role. Like, um, do you intimidate them or do you persuade them? Again, it's a reaction role. You add your charisma modifier, and I, I've used it. I'm like forty episode. No, I'm. I think I've published thirty seven episodes. I think I've used it at least like six or seven times now. Like, so mm-hmm. that's quite that's quite often considering the the sessions are like half hour long. That's that's like quite a lot. Yeah. So that there's- is very interesting. Yeah, there's Sorry, no, no, no. So there's no. I don't think there's a corollary mechanic in D and D, but um, again, that's where, like, that's where. And again, I have only played five E, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm basing my knowledge off of. That's where it comes up to a creative DM. Why? Mm-hmm. Why does the nest of owl bears necessarily have to be? aggressive and in this case this party <laughs> decided to just attack it Michael. we were just like shit right. <laughs> like yeah they're like oh, yeah, to go owl into bears. cave yeah owl bears <laughs> let's just let's just fucking shoot him and the but- rogue shot him and my, and our fighter hit him and i'm like okay like they didn't have to kill the owl bears but they did um so this, and we this got is a something else 170 gold out of it right. so. <laughs> i think I like, like PCs are going to do the the thing that gets them experience because that's the chocolate in the mouth for PCs, right? right? And I again, I don't know about 5e, but most games it's like you get experience by killing things and by looting things. And then sometimes there's milestones or right. quest completion sure. or whatever. But I don't know that a lot of DMs would uh, award experience for I ran away. And so the PCs aren't ever going to be incentivized to do that unless they really think they're going to die. And so, and so the, I think the default is going to be like, let's kill it. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. Let's kill it's it. That, let's kill it's it. that video game instinct. Yeah. Right? I see a monster. Right. Like, see I, a thing. Yeah, it's cute, thing. but it might have loot on it. So give me that fucking loot. So kill it. So, so I have two things to say. First of all, um, John, you should know that almost exclusively all of my characters are charisma based characters oh, so okay. it is no longer a dump stat <laughs> my dump stat is uh you know important things like dexterity i'm like i'm fine with a negative one <laughs> i don't need to be dexterous <laughs> I, lo- I love that that means like you're like a su- you're like really into the role playing part clearly so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yes which brings me to my second point actually i i think it's interesting that 5e has gone away from the the reaction check that you're describing because Uh i think now it's more 
role play base and like puts a little bit more power into yes. the player's hands as opposed yes. to the die. Absolutely. So, yeah. So like we get to decide, do we want to try to bribe them? Do we want to try to befriend them or do we want to fight them? So that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because like, of course the OSR games, they came from war gaming. And so they were sure. all, they were really just like, how do we um, in a story way link this fight to that fight, to that fight, to that fight. Right. So it, it's kind of ironic in, in a way that the OSR has a mechanic for avoiding fighting. And it sounds like 5E, you would you would just do it narratively, wouldn't you? And then the DM would yeah. kind of make a judgment right. call. Yeah. Yeah. And like I like, for example, one of like during that fight, our barbarian, um, like he, he the reason they went into a cave is because there was a, a really cute baby owl bear that was like and like went into the cave and he's like, I want to be friends with it. So he goes in and like spends the first three rounds of combat, not fighting, which is, which I loved, right? He spent three rounds of combat doing animal handling checks Uh to try and get this baby owlbear to calm down. And now the party has a pet baby owlbear whose family they completely murdered. (laughs) Right in front of the owlbear. Right in front of it. Um, So, so like that is a perfect example, right? Of how you guys really, even though some of the party wanted to just kill the baby owl bear too, right like yeah, you guys went and now you, you know have the a baby, baby owl bears owl bear. grow up to be actual owl bears, right? I thought I, I had like a very dark game. I thought I had a dark game. You guys have a dark game. Yeah. yeah. Did your players uh, name it Harry Potter and and say you know you're an orphan but you're very special? <laughs> I am one hundred percent saying it has a little lightning bolt scar. Oh, totally! Its, it's a thunder yes! hour bell. Right? Oh my god, that is so funny. Uh, well, well, John, I, I, I think we intended like we came here with like, okay, do we have enough questions? That was like our whole, whole time. Episode. I know, what right? A great discussion. <laughs> I know. Thank you was, so much for joining us yeah, today. That was a blast. Awesome. That was a blast, guys. And thank you for having me, the least qualified guest you ever have oh, or please. will probably have. No, no. The least qualified guest is the co-host. So don't worry. <laughs> you knew more than me. <laughs> but no, this was a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Same yeah. here, guys. So so again, it's Tale of the Manticore. Um, find it on Twitter. Find it on your, your various podcasting apps. Yeah, all the podcast places. Yeah, wonderful. We'll be, we'll be sure to plug it for we'll you. So you. thanks so much for joining us for this episode, John. Thank you, guys. It was really uh, It was really fun. We'll see everyone next time. I'm putting that in the ending with no context. It'll just be you going, I'm walking. <laughs>